Hello, everybody, and welcome back to OMB Reviews. I am the critic who is a cynic. How is everyone doing this evening? Welcome back to the Welcome to Asgard podcast, episode 302, where tonight, me and a special guest will be talking about Ghostbusters Afterlife and what our thoughts were on the film before going any further please make sure you smash that like button it really does mean a lot also if anyone is used to watching on odyssey i apologize for some reason odyssey is having some issues but let me go ahead and introduce my guest at this time she is michelle from force of light entertainment and here she is michelle how's it going good how are you doing Doing just fine. Glad to see that the this technology seems to be working. So yes, uh, I've been yeah. playing around nice with it the last several weeks. So <laughs> okay, yeah, it's always nice when technology works. <laughs> yes, absolutely, uh, absolutely. So thank you again for uh, jumping on and uh, joining me for this discussion because you also saw the film and thoroughly enjoyed it as well. I did. Yes, I I really enjoyed it. Good. Good. Awesome. Well, uh, before diving into the film, why don't you tell uh, the people watching, the people of Asgard, a little bit about yourself? Yes. Well, I am, as he said, I'm Michelle. I am one half of Force of Light Entertainment. My sister was not able, my my co-host was not able to be with us tonight, uh, but she sends her, her hello. Um, but yes, we cover all things entertainment, uh, movie reviews. Our channel does movie reviews, kind of pop culture uh, that type of stuff. But Odin's been on our channel. He was a great guest. Uh, but yeah, that's kind of kind of about us. Nice. We cover yes. anything. <laughs> yeah, I know. Pretty much. Yeah, and it was awesome uh, being on y'all's uh, channel. We had a lot of fun, had a lot of really good discussions. And uh, yeah, ever since I've been playing around with uh, the Restream Studio, uh, I knew that I was wanting to get some people on. And uh, obviously, uh, one of the first names that I thought of was uh, Force of Light Entertainment because we uh, we are one of the few, I feel, uh, channels out there covering pop culture news kind of in the, the sphere that we're in where we're, we're, we're more wholesome, right? Not to say yes, that anyone yeah. in here is not wholesome right in the chat, but we we tend not to, to swear, right? We, we tend to keep yes. things very family friendly. And so I knew that y'all were definitely at the top of my list because of that reason. Uh, so again, thank you very much for, for joining me today. Yes, well, thank you for having me. And again, uh, Natalie was was preoccupied with her daughter tonight, but she uh, she wanted to come and she said to tell everyone hello. <laughs> well, thank you for that. And uh, Natalie, uh, hopefully we can get y'all on again uh, yeah. and y'all, you'll be able to, to join us as well. Uh, but let's say hello to some of the people tonight before diving into uh, this, uh, this movie, which we are, again, pretty big fans of. And hopefully we'll able to convince anyone maybe on the fence with the film to maybe go out and see it. Uh, Matthew Highland was one of the first people here and he said, just got out of Ghostbusters Afterlife, haven't cried like that since the first time seeing Return of the King's ending. Uh, wow, that's uh, pretty powerful, though. I, I do have to have the follow up with that, which is um, which ending of yeah. that movie <laughs> makes you cry? Because <laughs> it has a few at the very least. 
It really does. <laughs> yes. Uh, but I, I, I totally understand the uh, general sentiment, right, of that, of the ending. And also, we are going to keep it uh, a spoiler-free discussion for the most part. I think we might bring up some spoilers towards the end, so don't worry. We'll give you a warning about that when we get to that territory, because obviously it just came out, and uh, we want people to be able to actually uh, be able to enjoy the film and also to hear a little bit about the thoughts uh, in a spoiler-free discussion. But yeah, uh, that's awesome, uh, Matthew. So thank you for being in the chat. Terrace Thesis in the chat. What's going on? It's a new name saying that they put fresh chopped onions in their popcorn. That's, <laughs> that's, that's new to me. Has that ever happened to you? It, it has not happened to me. But I, I, I have a feeling, I have a feeling it's because they, they, they shed some tears watching this movie. <laughs> <laughs> you probably got that easily much more than I did, because at first, I th- all I could think of was onions. Why would you put onions in it? But that makes a lot more sense. That would be absolutely disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> so I hope that it was that it was because of the tears shed and I just totally missed it. So uh, thanks to Michelle for picking up on that. Uh, that I was not able to pick up on. Uh, Snortapoopus Cuber, what's going on? How are Hoans and other quitters? What's going on, Snortapoopus? Welcome back. Uh, Orange Hair Views, what's going on, brother? Uh, welcome back. Bruce in the chat as well. The R, what's going on? He's usually one of my guys over on Odyssey, saying he can't stay around too long tonight. Uh, Super Anime Gamer, what's going on, bruvs? Monkey 76 is here. We got the Sage of Rokaseka, what's going on? Joey Horn in the chat. Forever Sci-Fi is here. Laura Story, the modern major general of the channel. Laura, hope you're doing well. Thank you for being here, and I appreciate that Star Wars reference. Well, hello there. Uh, Forever Sci-Fi, what's going on, brother? He says, just got out of Ghostbusters. Liked it, but really gets you in the feels. Made me feel sad for what could have been. Yeah, absolutely. But you know what? Without going into any spoilers, I think they did the best best that they could with it. You know? There's, there's a reason why a lot of us are saying that we had some feels, especially uh, towards the end of it. Let's see here. Uh, Alice McCarthy says, howdy, Odin, how's it going? How's Baby Thor? New Home Alone is a 1 out of 10. Well, first off, Alice McCarthy, I just have to ask the question, why would you even think to watch the New Home Alone? Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. He is the king of bad opinions, like bad movie opinions. So if he hates a movie... It's usually pretty bad because <laughs> it, he's it got like a some, one out of ten. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So if this is getting a one out of ten, then this is a movie that you should never, ever even think of watching ever in your life. Uh, because yeah, he's he's liked some pretty bad films uh, in the past. So uh, I, I, okay, again, I don't know why you would ever have thought that that film would have been worth your time, but okay, you know, teach their own, teach their own. Uh, 70B, what's going on? One of my Valks, thank you very much for being here. Uh, let me see anyone else who is joining us. We got Golden Ration in the chat, Coliseum Builders in the chat as well. Much love to the Valkyrie. Atina, the Empress of the Universe, one of the other Valks, she will not be here in the chat because she is actually going to see it in theaters. That's how important this film is and how much positive... Um, you know, energy it's getting, and uh, she was convinced, and she just not one to go out to the theater for new films very often. So uh, that's kind of a big deal, which is why I really do think that this film is going to do a lot better than uh, what uh, typically uh, we are used to seeing uh, out of a lot of the uh, you know 
typical projections for films like this, I think. Um, and again, apologies to, I just saw a comment from, uh, is it Scutlist or Scuttiest uh, saying that there's Odyssey issues. Yeah, I put in everything correctly for some reason. It's it just not want to work tonight. And we all know Odyssey, of course, been having some issues. And uh, did you watch any of the Rakata stream for the Rittenhouse uh, coverage? I did not. Like, I, I know what you're talking about, but I didn't yeah. watch it. Okay. Because, uh, yeah, well, he was, it was insane. He had like 100,000 people watching him. But then yeah. he also had, um, he has so eventually at one point sent a bunch of people over to Odyssey and crashed it. So uh, Odyssey has been having some issues recently, especially. So, well, yeah, makes me makes me sad. Makes me sad. Well, maybe it will get better. It will. It will work. They'll work it out and improve it. Oh yeah, I mean it's it's already leaps and bounds better than what it was on day one. I mean it's it's done a lot with live streaming, especially, and normally it works w- without any issues whatsoever. Uh, so it's been it's been pretty great to to be able to have that as an alternative platform. Uh, have y'all decided to use anything with Odyssey or to have your channel mirrored over there? Do you know? I feel like I started it and and I like got confused on how to do it because someone told me it takes like five minutes to get it where they just automatically switch everything, which yeah. I would like to do it. I just mm-hmm. need to uh, make. I don't think it's over there yet. I need to okay. do it. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, because I set it up back when it was just library, like LBRY, and that was when it was not nearly as streamlined. That's why I love Odyssey a lot more, because it's just a nice, cleaner interface on top of the same platform. And I remember when I first moved my channel over there, it took a while. It took like a long time just because of the amount of videos that it had to put over there. So that might be a part of it, but yeah, I could see why... It's definitely not the most user-friendly because I know there, there was a time when I was doing... I was saying this, this last summer, I was trying to do some Odyssey-exclusive streams. And I had a lot of, you know, longtime supporters who were trying to figure things out. And it just got really confusing really quickly. Um, mm-hmm. So I can understand why that could be the case. Let's see. Uh, Sage of Rokaseka, what's going on? Says, yes, quote, family-friendly. Yeah, it is a family-friendly channel. I, I, yeah. I would say PG, maybe PG-13 only when we like get on more heavy topics, but I, I would say we're a PG channel. I've and had then, several yeah, people Yeah, and then say. it's a soft PG-13. Exactly. A very <laughs> soft PG-13, right? With, with, without the other, you know, not without the language or the violence or anything. It's most subject matter. It's a subject matter, <laughs> PG-13. Uh, he says, but even Wholesome needs a little salt from time to time. Oh, yeah, absolutely. No doubt about it. <laughs> Saltiness itself is, is not going to violate the uh, the PG principle there. No. Uh, and Blazing44, what's going on? Uh, Sam Samadas, what is going on? And also, and Blazing says, greetings to Michelle. Hello to you. Hello, hello. Uh, let's see. Sam Samadas says, just got back from Ghostbusters. So a lot of people wanted to go see it today. It was a lot of fun. Teared up during that ghost uh, that I'm going yeah. to have to see it again. Yeah. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, without talking specifically about it, did you tear up as well, Michelle, for that part? Okay. So I know exactly what scene is being referred to here. And yeah, okay. Tears did not stream down my face, but they Mm. were swelling in my eyes. And and Natalie, who actually, okay. So Natalie, I guess, has seen Ghostbusters, she says, but she can't Mm. remember any of it. She was so little. And she said she was like tearing up in that moment. So yeah. so clearly they did. It wasn't even just nostalgia. They did a good job of just provoking some emotion in general. Mm-hmm. But yes, yeah. I did. So, so let's just say some, some, 
some my my eyes were very watery and I had to like get a drink of water to try to like don't cry Michelle don't cry don't cry right now this is embarrassing um, but yeah don't you it, cry right now don't you dare cry uh, no, yeah because no but, yeah. I was the same yeah it was just the the swelling of emotion and there 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 were tears in my eyes but they okay didn't that was fall. me yes yeah that was that me. was me too <laughs> that was me as well and if anyone's seen it you kind of can understand why. Yeah. And we'll leave it at that until we talk spoilers at the end. Uh, let's see. Dolores, Ed, what's going on, brother? Thank you for being here. Uh, Orin Chat says, Many a tear was shed with Ghostbusters 3. I haven't been excited. This excited for a movie in a long time. My excitement uh, wasn't able to be contained, he went on to say. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think it's something where it was a film that when the end came, not just the end we were talking about, but when the credits started... Uh, you know, there's music that plays and it's music that instantly just gets, gets, gets you in the mood. You're just like, okay, yeah. yes, I'm feeling it. Like I was feeling it the entire film. I was feeling it now. And it was just, oh, it was beautiful. It was fantastic. All righty. I think that's about it. Let's see. Innovator Sensuna is here. What's going on? Innovator. We got Midnight's Edge after Dark Me, Tom. What's going on, brother? Thanks for being here. Hello, Tom. Yeah, commenting is dangerous is also here as well. Um, Midnight's Edge also watched the uh, new. <laughs> Why would you do that? Why? Is that on Disney Plus? I don't even know that it's on. It it, it is. Be okay. Yeah, because that was a, a Fox property, so they decided, hey, what what else haven't we rebooted yet that no <laughs> what one haven't wants? We ruined. <laughs> <laughs> that no one wants to have rebooted. Oh wait a minute, I know exactly which one. Oh, man. Oh, man. Uh, then he goes on to say here that to see how trash New Home Alone is. Yeah, but you don't have to actually watch it. You don't have to have to watch it. I mean, it. I just knew as soon as they said they're redoing Home Alone, I was like, that's trash. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, um, there was definitely a couple of moments there where, where there was some because you, you don't typically wear headphones, do you? No, I don't. Yeah. Was I echoing? There was just a little bit of echo. I think there's a setting where if you click on the settings and you go to the audio, um, there should be an echo cancellation button uh, for, for, for anyone that doesn't wear headphones. I, I think I just turned on. it off. Should it be blue or blue? I think I turned it back on. Am I still echoing? Okay, so it's it's back on now. Yes. Okay, so if it was on before, it just means that it's not working very well. Am I echoing? Not right now, no. Okay. Let me know yeah. if I am. Yeah. It was one of the things where it, like, it was coming in like every now and then, but it wasn't like too... like. It could have been my Wi-Fi. I'm going to have to increase my Wi-Fi. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, because do you have the, the great EPB Wi-Fi? I don't think we do. Yeah, because okay. you have that in Chattanooga. I don't think we get that here. Yeah. No, it's... Oh, it's beautiful. I wish everyone had it. It's just... It's, it's just... Ah. Uh. It's 300 megs up and down for like 60 bucks a nice. month. And it's just, it's just, it's wonderful. It's, it's exactly what the internet should be, you know, yeah. fast and cheap. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's all it needs to be. Uh, Rob D. What's going on? Says, hello to Odin and Michelle. It's great. Ghostbusters Afterlife turned out good. I won't be seeing it though. Ghostbusters, the franchise I just couldn't get into. Yeah, Rob D, you know, to each their own. Uh, at the very least, right, you're 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 being honest, straightforward there. That's just not your cup of tea, and I understand it. Uh, but even, I think, for non-Ghostbusters fans, I think that this is a movie 
that a lot of people, fan or not, could probably probably get into, even just yeah. for the cast alone. You know, because I think that y'all had mentioned it in y'all's review about uh, Paul Rudd. Yes. Yeah. And it being one of the better roles that, that he's had more recently. And it made me want to ask a question uh, specifically about Paul Rudd, because have you seen him in Perks of Being a Wallflower? Yes, I have. I don't and he's know the what... teacher. Exactly. I don't know what it is, because as soon as you mentioned that, I'm like, well, that's because he just plays a perfect teacher. And I don't know what it is about Paul Rudd. But I, I just remembering back to Perks of Being a Wallflower where he was a teacher and he was great. I'm like, he's just be a teacher for the rest of his life because he seems to have that down pat. He does. He does. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Midnight's Edge says, the box office is fired up. It's even reserved full in my hometown till Sunday. Nice, dude. Good. Yeah. It's overperforming. Uh, it's doing better than what the expectations were. But my my metric is this. If it it just it has to beat Ghostbusters 2016 opening weekend. That's what I want. And <laughs> as of now, it's set to be eight million short. So hopefully, after our discussion, or maybe that just point alone, if that does not convince you to go out and actually support the uh, the film, I hope it does. Okay. Because... So quick story. Yeah. Someone... Go ahead. Someone in our comments, because uh, I read almost all of our comments. Someone in our comments put. And it was just like very dryly written. It said the 2016 Ghostbusters was better. And I, I, I didn't reply because I'm like, is this a joke or are they being serious? Like, I, I really don't know. Like, is it like, is it supposed to be this dry humor that they know that I know that this is a joke? Because <laughs> I, I want to put back to them. You're joking, right? <laughs> but I just I just kind of left it because I'm not really sure. <laughs> Maybe you should respond like with with some sarcasm. Like, yes, it's the bestest ever like with a thousand A's. <laughs> And then see what the response is from there. And maybe that will give an indication of whether they're being serious or not. Because <laughs> I don't see how anyone in their right mind can honestly look at that film and say, oh, yeah, that film's not just to say, oh, it's a great film, but it's, it's better. better than this film. You know? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, because this film's got its faults, no doubt about it. I mean, and, and story elements, you know, I think I think a lot of the people who love this film We'll tell you, yeah, it's not a perfect film, especially yeah. some elements of the story, but it's it's great in all the right places. It it's, is. It's it's great where it needs to be. It definitely. Oh man, oh man. All right, so Slicer Neons said bad movies like the Home Alone reboot exists for Mr. Science Theater 3000 and pitch meetings to have new content. Yeah, that, that is definitely true. I cannot wait to see the pitch meeting on the, Have you ever seen the pitch meetings done by uh, was it the Screen Rant? Yes, I have. Oh, they're so great. They are fantastic. Um, there hasn't been one yet that that has let me down. Um, even for films I like, because he, he does them for good and bad yeah. films, which is great. Uh, and then we'll go with the first Super Chat, and then we'll start talking about the actual film. So, G-Man, thank you for the $5 Super Chat. He says, all I need to know is whether grown-up baby Oscar is in the movie, and if not, why? Wow. Okay, well, I don't think this would fall into spoiler territory, because... I don't think a lot of people were kind of hoping or expecting that. Maybe, except for you, G-Man. Because um, <laughs> I sent some <laughs> sarcasm in the super chat. Um, but but I will, for those that, that do care, if, if there's that one person out there that cares about whether or not Baby Oscar <laughs> is all grown up in the movie and featured, 
Um, spoiler warning. Uh, he's not. <laughs> okay. Anyway, so that should not have ruined anyone's day or experience of the film. So uh, speaking of that movie, uh, let's go ahead and talk about it. So what is it about this movie for you that really, I think, captured and captivated you? Because there's there's a lot of things to talk about in this, but is there like one thing specifically that really kind of like pulled you in more so than any of the other parts? Okay, I will have to say, and two, I I was not some massive. You're speaking to pretty much like a, I, I guess a normie of Ghostbusters. Mm. Like I remember watching it as a kid, but I went and saw it actually on the big screen in 2020. They played it one night, and I went and saw it. It was the first time I'd seen it in years, and I you know really enjoyed it. Um, so I I'm not like some diehard Ghostbusters person that grew up watching it all the time. Um, I've seen it. I just had it, you know, it's not so, it's not like what Star Wars was to me or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I will say this from the moment it started, like I had a smile on my face and it never went off. And, and I think what it was for me is this movie captured like the, the feel that 80s movies could create, like mm-hmm. E.T.'s, Ghostbusters, those the magic of, of 80s movies, but made in a modern era. And it was... It just, there was something that was so magical about it. I keep using that word. It's the only word I know to use that I just, I feel like you don't get very often anymore. It was yeah. just special. There, there's something kind of special to me about this movie. Yeah. And I, I would agree completely because, you know, kind of like tying in with that, not only did you have kind of like this 80s feel, which was also, I think, very much helped by, and I know that y'all had mentioned this in y'all's review as well, uh, the very just so perfectly well done nods to the original score. Like there's moments in the film where all of a sudden there's like a line from the original score that comes in or an adaptation of the score. And you're just like, Oh, I know this. And, and it just, Mm -hmm. it just kind of ties it all together. So not only does it have that 1980s feel, but then it also has this, this stranger things feel, which I know that stranger things is also meant to be kind of like this eighties esque property, but I think it's also, it's kind of, it's its own entity of itself too. And I think that because it's able to get like, more classic 80s style with also Stranger Things style 80s style, it's able to kind of bridge this gap, which is why I think that you're going to find a lot of audiences that are adults who grew up with Ghostbusters in some way, whether it was, you know, they had seen it in theaters originally, or they just, you know, watched it several times as they were growing up and, you know, got the toys and everything, or whether or not it's this other group, right, that's been growing up with Stranger Things. I think it's yeah. going to be able to kind of like bridge that gap and that divide. And I think that's kind of what they needed to do with this movie, right? Because some have it in their mind because there's, oh, I'm hearing myself now. Oh, what's going on? <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. So Odyssey is up. That was what I was hearing. Anyway, so Odyssey <laughs> is up. That's why it was in the background for me. So y'all probably didn't hear it, but I heard it. Um, Anyway, apologies about that because I was like, wait a minute, why am I hearing myself now? This is going to drive <laughs> me insane. But anyway, back to the point I was trying to make uh, of it was able to bridge this gap. And some people think that this movie needed to basically start a new franchise. Mm-hmm. Like, they, I don't know if it's that was their expectation. Like, they thought this was going to be a reboot to, like, set up for, like, the future films and to continue it on with the younger cast. But... I don't think that's what people really wanted. I think people just wanted kind of like this. It was mentioned on Friday Night Tights 
uh, the other day that it's almost, you know, a word for it is like an epilogue almost. And I think that's exactly what this film delivers on. And I think that even though there are certain things that people would rather have seen in this, I understand like there's people that would have loved to have seen a lot more time to certain characters. I think with what they were dealing with, especially with people like Bill Murray, right. Who is a complicated individual, Right. And we all know. Right. So (laughs) he has a lot of history of being complicated. I think with all of the things that they have, that this is really kind of the best that they could come up with, which is exactly what it needed to be. Right. To be able to address the fact that it needs to appeal to a younger audience, but at the same time, have enough of those key nostalgia elements of which this film has a plethora of to also keep the original fans, OG fans uh, happy as well. And I yeah. think that this film's able to bridge that gap. Definitely. Uh, my niece who is, uh, she, I'm like, Oh my gosh, she's, she's 14. She'll be 15. But anyways, <laughs> she, she's a, a young teen and she loves stranger things mm-hmm. and she loved this movie and yeah. she, she's seen Ghostbusters. She's seen them, you know, several times growing up, but she really loved it. Her quote was, I didn't want it to end. So, like, at least with her, it did do that bridging gap of okay. bringing on a new generation that really enjoyed it. There you go. I think that that it's a small sample size, but yeah, <laughs> I, I think that that does still uh, kind of, you know, get that message across that this is indeed a film that is going to reach out. Right. Because I, I was even talking about this uh, with my kids. Right. As a, as a teacher. And they immediately were like, oh, yeah, because that's the film with Finn Wolfhard. Yeah, because yeah. like they they all know him, right? Because he is someone that they are going to be drawn to just as kids uh, of a similar age and uh, as being a part of the the, the Stranger Things, you know, yes. right? They, of of the Stranger Things era. And that is exactly what they wanted to do based on what we've seen and what they needed to do because if they're going to want this film to be a success and as you mentioned, right, she enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Did this make her at all want to go watch any of the originals? I'd have to ask her because she went with me uh, in summer of 2020 to go see the original in theaters. Okay. Um, and she's seen them several times. So I'll have to ask, but I know she, she really genuinely, I mean, loved it. <laughs> nice. And she, she's not really liked too much that's come out this year that much. Like okay. she thought they were okay. Like this is one of the first things she genuinely really liked besides a quiet place. Yeah, yeah. Well, it has been a rough year for for films. I will. It has. <laughs> I will say that much. There's there's really only maybe like a handful where I'm like, yeah, you know what? That's that's worth getting. And uh, I've already I think gotten most of them on on Blu-ray because they they came out earlier in the year. Uh, but this is another one of those movies that I think I'm going to have to be able to to pick up eventually. Uh, Definitely. And, yeah, for sure. Uh, and before diving back into that, because this, uh, the one problem with the restream chat, and I, I'm assuming it's an issue with, um, with uh, StreamYard too, just because of just it's a YouTube problem. Uh, is that the yeah. chat sometimes jumps and you can't go back? Yes. Yeah. So we had a, a giant super chat. So a seventy-seven dollar and seventy-seven cents. That's a super chat from Low Pro. So uh, thank you very much for that very generous super chat, man. Uh, And he says, how old do you think Thor will be before you show him classic films like Ben-Hur or Quo Vadis? Also, it it was a good Friday for justice. God bless y'all. Absolutely, Lopro. It absolutely was 
a great day for justice, a great day for for freedom. And obviously that made a lot of people happy, including, you know, including myself, because you don't want to see, you know, even though he's an adult, technically, he's a kid. Yes. And I just want to say it's been disgusting to see some just the harshness. And it's like, guys, this this person is 17 years old. Yeah. Like, chill out. <laughs> yeah. Like, again, t- kid, teen, young adult, whatever, you know, whatever label you want to put on it. He is a kid. And yeah. it, obviously, people are going to have different opinions. And, and I myself, right? I myself, just from a moral stand, because uh, for those that don't know, uh, both me and Michelle are, are both people with theological backgrounds and, and theological degrees. So there is like that moral component to it. But at the same time, even though there might be a moral like element that I could bring into the discussion, it, it, that's not what the law states. Yes. And, yeah. and that is what this was about. It was not about the morality necessarily of the situation, but it was about uh, the legal precedent, the legal aspect. So, uh, and yeah, I totally agree that the amount of just complete disgusting and ugly things uh, being said uh, about him and about others. It, it's just, it makes you sad. It just makes you it sad. Does. Um, but yeah, anyway, low pro, I probably will have to wait for him to be a little bit older because those are going to be some dense, long films. So baby Thor is going to have to be a little bit older. In you know, order I don't even think I've ready. seen Ben Hur. You never seen the original Ben Hur? Uh, uh-uh, I don't believe oh. so. When was the, when did the original come out? Oh, back 19, was it 1940s, 1950s? Oh, then I've definitely never seen that. Have you seen a lot of classics? You know, I used to see, we did used to watch a lot of classics, but I feel like they were real girly classics. Oh, okay. <laughs> gotcha. So like, it was like 80s classic or? Well, we even like, went back further than that. Okay. Like my, like we used to watch, uh, I mean, of course, we Breakfast grew up at Tiffany's with, kind of thing. Breakfast and Tiffany, Gone with the Wind, you know, those type classics i watched all the james dean movies those types things and i loved i did love clash of the titans the original one growing up okay i love that movie okay okay <laughs> but yes uh, I've never, i don't believe i've ever seen ben her wow well i will say i'm definitely uh gonna be happy that uh tina's not in the chat because she would be freaking <laughs> out right now uh because anytime <laughs> anytime i mention not seeing like an old classic uh or not liking a classic she just like just blow will go crazy uh kara tharp says she thinks that the uh, the one we're talking about came out in 1959 so okay. yeah definitely a classic era film but it's it's really well done and uh just like with quo Vadis as well have you seen quo Vadis? no i don't even know what that yeah. i know i know what ben hers kind of about i've never even heard of the other and I, I will say that one was a little bit more obscure for me too. Uh, so someone actually sent that one to me to watch, and uh, it's it's solid, but it's definitely like more on like a B tier. Like if I'm gonna if Ben Hur is like that A tier level mm-hmm. like epic film, this is like a, it was one of those B tier level films for for Kovatis, at least at least just for my own perspective. But it's it's similar in certain ways because there is a, a religious aspect to the story as well. Okay. Yeah. So I, I thought that was pretty good. Uh, and Miss Martin Muses, uh, thank you very much for the super sticker, for the Red Rose super sticker. I, I very much appreciate it. Also, if I don't get to your chats tonight, I do apologize. But as I do have a guest on, uh, obviously, my my attention must go towards the guest. So uh, we were talking about what was some of like the magic, like what was some of the most key elements of the story for us. 
And I, I think that um, I guess we can talk a little bit about, you know, kind of some of the different elements. Uh, what? Well, first off, who is your favorite character in the film? For me, uh, Phoebe was like the standout to me. Mm-hmm. Like, because, and I actually heard someone else say this. And when he said it was actually Chris Stockman, but, but when he said it, I was like, you know what? I really agree with that. He said that her character could have very easily come across like very unlikable, like being mm-hmm. so intelligent and that kind of dry personality. And to me, she like her, all of her jokes genuinely made me laugh because they were so bad. Yeah. <laughs> but like, say that, uh, I guess this is a small spoiler, but it's not really spoiling much. Say like when she delivers that first dry joke to Paul Rudd and mm-hmm. then she winks at him, like it was just delivered perfectly. <laughs> yes. I cracked up. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so. yes. I, I, I know exactly the moment you're talking about. And yeah, I was in a theater. I saw it opening night and I was in an IMAX screen. IMAX typically have like 400 seats or so. And it was probably 25% full, which is not doesn't sound like a whole lot. But I think that especially for that theater and how the numbers there have been like uh, since the pandemic started, it was one of the biggest crowds that I've seen in, in, in a good while. And when that joke happened and that wink, ha- oh, it was just... <laughs> Yeah, it was perfectly awkward as it's a Gungan who just became a uh, member on the channel. Thank you for becoming a member. It's a Gungan. But yes, it was perfectly awkward. And that's, I think, the truth of all of her jokes as well. Like I like you, I laughed at every single one of them. I thought they were all hilarious because they were they were so bad. Like they're funny because they were so bad, but they they played it that way. And it just worked. (laughs) And she had the perfect delivery for it. She did. Yeah. So that's uh, young McKenna Grace uh, who played that character. And yeah, I, I would agree. I think that she's by far the standout of the film. And I remember just from the trailer, immediately upon looking at her, I was like, oh, yeah, I could totally buy that that she's related to Egon. Yes. Yeah, definitely. There's just there's and, no question. And what's funny about her winning me over so much is in the trailers, of course, being a Stranger Things fan, I'm seeing Finn Wolfhart. I'm seeing mm-hmm. Paul Rudd. Um, but I, but she's, you know, I see her, but she's not really catching my attention necessarily, but Mm -hmm. in the movie, like she won me over pretty quickly and became like, I really loved that, that character. It was a really good character, Yeah. which I would like to point out, um, because some people like to fuss about this replacing the all female version in 2016, that they, they, they give the lead role to a little girl, like (laughs) That is the yep. lead role of this of this film, and yet you see how many uh, men in the chat really like this movie. Absolutely, and and I think that that kind of is exposing the yes. uh, just how biased and just how broken the media truly is. Yeah, because definitely. it's it's clearly not about uh, women's rights or about equality. Because if it was then this is a movie that they should be supporting because as you just mentioned, right? McKenna Grace, she is the lead of this Mm -hmm. movie. She carries this movie. Yeah, she does. She really does. Impressive. (laughs) And, and no, and to be fair, she's got, she's got a lot of support, right? For any young actor, you're going to need to have a good supporting cast. Paul Rudd's there. Uh, I think kind of like she's my favorite too, but I will say special place in my heart goes out to podcast. Oh yeah. He's great too. uh, Her best friend in the film, 
because she's an awkward kid who doesn't get, you know, who doesn't have any friends. And so she meets this guy and basically he calls himself podcast. He calls himself podcast because he has a podcast. I love that. Like as soon as he was just like, yeah, I'm podcast because I call my, because I have a podcast. I'm like, that's fantastic. I love that. And he just walks around with his audio equipment the entire time recording people. And I'm like, I want to listen to this dude's podcast. And you like, you believe their little friendship. Like you really did. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. Because you're like, they're both weird, but in different ways. Right. Cause, cause she's that smart, nerdy weird. And then he is this creative weird. Right. And so, cause he's, cause they meet in summer school. And so clearly for her, she's like, this is ridiculous. I'm too smart for this nonsense. Whereas for him, he likely failed because he was so focused on his podcast and, and doesn't really know a whole lot about like, you know, just general information. But he's so passionate about that specific uh, part of his life, right, about being creative that he's willing to dedicate basically his entire life. Again, walking around with the equipment at all times, ready to record at all times. Uh and it's it's great. And there's also some really great moments that are that are kind of left there. And then there's a great payoff. And I won't say until we talk about spoilers. About, but there's a about great which episode he got going yes. on. Yes. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so that like, that gets laid out there saying, oh, because, you know, because a uh, podcast himself uh, says basically, you know, to Phoebe and uh, to the character played by McKenna Grace saying like, oh, yeah, the podcast, you know, is pretty good. But it really gets going, you know, at ep- around episode 46. And so it's like he's he's talking up his own podcast in that way and, and saying when it gets better uh but it basically that that moment comes up later and the way it does is just hysterical yes great <laughs> and, and that's the other thing too right is that not only do you have those really hilarious terrible jokes um like almost like dad dad jokes but yeah, like yeah. you know even more awkward but you also have right these really great moments as well right these different interactions that i think are also very just in a, in and of themselves funny and I, I mentioned this in my review and i was thinking about it as as i was watching the film i can't remember laughing in a movie theater this year <laughs> yeah yeah no this movie this movie was very it was genuinely very funny you know as we're sitting here talking okay natalie and i did we did a reaction to the spider the last spider-man trailer mm-hmm. we start cracking up at the trailer because of the humor that they're trying to deliver. And it just was like, we were laughing at the movie, not with the movie. <laughs> and it's like this entire movie, like the humor for me hit. Like I was, yeah. I genuinely was laughing throughout this movie. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, and absolutely. And I think that, as I said, a lot of it has to do with the acting and just the, the characters as well. And I think I'm seeing someone mention uh, that, for the character, the actor that played podcast, that that was his first movie. Oh, wow. Yeah. He did. He did excellent. Yeah. And I mean, you can tell like his character is definitely green. Like there's just no doubt about it, but it's the right kind of green. You know, it's, it's the character where because he's not the lead because he's the support and because he has a very specific shtick, a good, well handed or, or, or just firm handed director can guide a green actor especially a green young actor to giving a performance where it's, it's not going to be as obvious. It's not going to be as, it's not going to be like that cringe level that can sometimes happen with, with green actors and green performances. So knowing that now, after the fact, I can see why that makes sense. And the, there's, there might be some cues that maybe I can think back on that, that kind of showcase that. But overall, I, I mean, again, kudos to him for doing that. 
Yes, definitely. Well, and, and two, you know, us bringing up those two characters, and I know that's why you said, you know, like Stranger Things, mm -hmm. that, that again, that's kind of the 80s magic I'm talking about. Uh, you know, over the 80s, you had the ETs and, you know, movies that had kids in it, which, of course, Stranger Things picked up with. But uh, you just, you had that magic that you just don't get movies like this very often. Like, this yep. is truly, to me, a family movie. Yes, and that's the other thing, too, is for people that don't like the film, they've said, like, you know, oh, it's a kid's movie. And I'm thinking to myself, but it's really not. No. I mean, it's yeah. a PG-13 movie. It, it earns that PG-13 rating, not just because there's a couple of language, like there's a couple of words uh, that are dropped because it's a PG-13 film. And obviously you can, you know, uh, mention those things. Uh, like that. But I, I think that it also, it's, as you said, it's a family movie and there's a difference. And I've made this comment on, on, on my channel a lot. There's a difference between a kid's movie and a family movie. There you know, is. Family, yes. you know, family movies can be enjoyed by the entire family, right? That That's what yes. that means. Whereas kids movies, it's, oh no, it can only be enjoyed by kids and parents are either going to be able to tolerate it or it's going to be driving them nuts and they're going to be counting down the minutes of when they when they can leave. Exactly. It's like, to me, Star Wars is a family movie. You can mm -hmm. watch that as a family, but it's not a kid's movie. Yep. Despite what George Lucas might claim, you know? Yeah. He, <laughs> we need to explain to him the difference of a kid's movie or a family movie. <laughs> <laughs> it's like he he already like, again, I think he's just trying to rewrite his own his own history, right? His own past setting. It was like, oh, it was always made for kids. And it's like, or I guess he more so said that about the prequels than anything else. But it's still just like, you're like, uh, come on, seriously, your film's called Star Wars. Even for the prequels, it's Star Wars. Yeah. That, that, that's not a kid property, okay? Just because you have a character like Jar Jar Binks in, in there for the prequels does not make it a kid's movie. <sighs> anyway. Uh, but I will say, since I just saw uh, Stephanie being one of my uh, one of my mods mention it, yes, please do not spoil anything in the chat. Seventy uh, B and Laura, both who are mods on the channel, they have every right to time out anyone and delete any comment that offers any spoilers. I think uh, I know that Laura has seen the film, so she'll have a better idea of what things are spoilers. Um, I don't think Steph has seen it yet, um, but anyway, yes, don't no spoilers in the chat. We'll we'll get to a spoiler discussion towards the end. Don't worry, um, but uh, we want to make sure that people can enjoy this film fully. And appreciate it without without all the spoilers. Uh, so again, thank you. Um, yeah. So obviously, yeah, McKenna Grace is great. Character of podcast is great. We've already kind of talked about Paul Rudd being just a, a he's just being Paul Rudd. You know, he just, is. You know, his, his typical Paul Rudd self. There's this great sequence that had me again. Not even words being spoken, but I was laughing when he enters the Walmart. Yes. <laughs> I don't know what it was. It's just him walking like the way he was just like, he's know, just so just... Ca yeah casually walking through <laughs> <laughs> it's like seriously like if you're just gonna be like da, 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 da. and then add on top of that like everything else that happens in the walmart and and it's just it's great and it also is again this is not a kid's movie because there's also some very scary sequences in this movie right there's a scene where a ghost escapes and i was like oh man that that was <laughs> pretty darn intense i don't see yes. i don't see how anyone can really after a moment like that especially uh language aside how anyone can say that this is oh this is just a kid's movie or oh they should have marketed it as a kid's movie instead it's like 
I think that the marketing could have been better because marketing could always be better. But yeah. it's just not it's not a kids movie. And I think the 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 scary elements definitely play a role in that. Definitely. Yeah, because there is, you know, some would you say I was trying to discuss this with my brother. It's like, would you say I, I feel like the 1984 version may be a little scarier, spookier, mm. but I, I don't know if that's just because I was little when I saw it. What What is your take on that? Yeah, um, I think that there's definitely some elements, uh, especially with the effects that they had at the time, where there there's some pretty uh, heavy moments there. Uh, like, I, I think that it was trying to be the, I mean, actually, I don't know why. I think my brain just kind of like left my body for a second because I was like, wait a minute. What am I talking about? Um, that <laughs> scene in the original film when Sigourney Weaver's, uh, Weiner, Sigourney Weaver's character, <laughs> Sigourney Weaver's character, uh, has the arms that pop out of yes, the, the chair, chair and grab yeah. her and bring her in. Oh no, no, that, that, that terrified me. And still to this day, I'm like, no, thank you. <laughs> no, thank you. Well, and there's the, like the library scene in the first Ghostbusters. Yes, that's true. Oh my goodness. That is true. Oh yeah. It's, it's so I would, yeah. So now that my brain is finally working again, yeah, I would say that the original was probably scarier. That's um, what I'm leaning towards. Yeah. But it is still scary. Like this one is still like, again, it's not a scary movie by any means, Yeah. but there are at least a couple of scary sequences. Definitely. Yeah. Um, and there's one that, 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 that someone had mentioned um, before, and I won't say what the character was, but I loved it. And it's in the Walmart scene. They use a character, and we'll go into more details in the spoiler territory, but what made me so happy was that they actually used animatronics. I know, yes. I, I noticed that my eyes picked that up pretty immediate. And and yeah. I just kind of enjoy that. I mm-hmm. I know you're the same way, and I've said it so many times on our show. I love practical effects. Like, yes. too much CGI. Uh, CGI has its place. It can definitely enhance things. But too much CGI, you lose me. Like, I'm, I'm mm-hmm. out. I'm done. I think that's kind of been my problem with Marvel, is, like, there's just so much CGI. And I, it just, it loses me. Mm-hmm. Well, because they just look so artificial. They do. You know? And this is something I, I've I've had I have a podcast that I do uh for for my Keeper of the Bifrost uh patrons, subscribe star, etc. And I, I do it with uh John Flickinger uh of the Flickpick channel. Shout out to John. Uh and oh, yeah. something that he has always been very much like always focused on or has always been able to really like I think really grasp and really explain in films is how just unrealistic and how just artificial so many modern films look. And yeah. a lot of it is because we've moved into now digital filmmaking, right? Where most of these movies, the vast majority are shot using digital, right? Using, um, you know, just uh, pure digital formatting using various types of CGI in every single sequence, not really innovating at all. Um, and it's interesting to me because it's crazy to me how you have a film like Ghostbusters 2016, which had twice the budget of this one. And they had more CGI in the film that, that yeah. there, that of that, there is no doubt, but the CGI of that movie of 2016 Ghostbusters was terrible. This movie looks a thousand times better. Yeah. 
Like, because I, I don't know which I actually, I thought the cinematography of this movie was great. Like I thought this mm-hmm. movie looked really good. It was a pretty movie. Yeah. No, I, I absolutely agree. Um, it's definitely not I, the cinematography for me. It wasn't a standout. It mm-hmm. wasn't something where I was like catching that. Cause there's some movies where I'm, I'm looking at it. I'm, I'm thinking to myself, Oh man, this is just, for instance, uh, did you see the film, the green Knight? No, but I've heard you talk about it on your channel, and I should. Yeah, watch it. yeah. So Green Knight to me, that is beautiful cinematography because, like, you can just kind of just feel it. Uh, the only other film I can think of is uh, a film, that, another film that came out this year called Wrath of Man. Did you get to see that with Jason that's Statham? An- that that's another one I've heard you talk about <laughs> that I need to see. Yeah. Uh, well, Wrath of Man as well. Uh, it's again this opening sequence. It has one of these fade shots where where you're 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 focused in on a a subject and then all of a sudden the, the camera is just slowly panning back you know uh slowly going back during this entire sequence of events and you're seeing more and more and more about what's going on and it's like that's when you're like ooh this is this is what's making it good like this movement here the the, the cinematography for this film it's good in that it doesn't distract you you yeah. don't notice it and that's a good thing Right. Yeah. There's different levels of cinematography and good cinematography. Right. There's there's the cinematography where it's like, okay, it does exactly what it needs to do. uh, Whereas there's others where it's it's so well done that it's a character in and of itself. Um, Yes. And do you know what I think some of it is, as I'm thinking, as you're talking, it's even just again, kind of back to MCU stuff. I'm just so happy to see a movie. It's like him driving out in the field in that car, like to mm -hmm. see them actually out where they're supposed to be. Yep. Uh, again, the two movies I love this year, A Quiet Place Part Two and now Afterlife, they were filmed in like legit air. They were actually filmed out where they were supposed to be, not or not necessarily where they were supposed to be, but but out in nature, mm-hmm. <laughs> not on a film stage is what I'm trying yes. to get at. <laughs> yes, exactly. And there's just something to be said about it, you know, because a soundstage is never, ever going to be able to capture the realism of of real life. You yes. know? No matter how great our technology gets, no no matter how advanced everything gets, nothing is ever going to be able to match the real thing. Nothing's going to be able to match on-location shooting. And I think the best example of that is comparing Lord of the Rings trilogy to the Hobbit trilogy. Mm-hmm. Lord of the Rings trilogy, even all these years later, still looks fantastic. Still yeah, looks great. It does. You know, the, the CG obviously doesn't really hold up as well um, just because it's hard to really hold up but all the other stuff looks great because the others most of the vast majority of it was done on location it was done with actual scenery with actual things in the foreground without it just being blue or green screen and it looks fantastic and in fact i was just looking uh because i digitize all my films so i i get 4ks and and i put them on my own server it's like my own personal netflix uh because it basically doesn't compress it when I play it. So it's like putting the disc in, um, but not having to always get the discs in. I'm, I'm weird about that. You know, it's, <laughs> it's one of those things. But anyway, I was like, because all my files, I was like, oh, I still have the Lord of the Rings trilogy. And it's the extended editions of it. And I was just playing it through it. I'm like, man, this looks so good. Because mm-hmm. they shot it on film. And because they had done it all with practical. It looks fantastic. They did. Odin, I realized I forgot my charger. Let me get my charger so my computer doesn't shut off i'll be right back okay do you want me to to pull you out of the like are you Uh, okay with the image being up still 
Okay, perfect. Great. Well, as she is going to do that, let me go ahead and uh, say hello to some more people in the chat. Again, apologies for any chats that may have been skipped. Joey Horn, what's going on? Uh, He is a member on the channel saying, I'm looking forward to seeing this film. Love the originals. Okay, I think that if you love the originals, that you'll love this one. Forever Sci-Fi, yes, that's the line that we're talking about. It really takes off at episode 46. Again, that character podcast is so great. Uh, Let's see here. The Physics Channel with Kenny Lee. What is going on? He also just came to see Ghostbusters or came out of seeing Ghostbusters and really liked it. So glad to hear that you liked it. Very much appreciate that. Um, Let's see. Midnight's Edge After Dark. Tom says, I like podcasts, but the podcast character is becoming a trope quickly. Um, I can see that. Yeah, there was another film, I think, that came out either this year or last year where there's someone with a podcast but where this one succeeds, where those other ones fail, is that this one's actually funny and entertaining. Yeah, he's actually like a charming character. Yeah. And, and the way he does it is also great, too, because he's got his little shotgun mic. He has it where it, it's almost like a holster, yeah. uh, which I also thought was just great, because like every time he was done, he just put it in his little holster. Uh, and again, just the way he was doing it, I, I, I saw a lot of myself in, in that character, right? It's just being that... That that nerdy type of character, uh, you know, with with it being that creative type, you know, and le- less so the 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 sciency type, and that kind of reminds me also of one of the reasons why I love McKenna Grace's character. I don't know if you caught this or not, but there's a part of the film when uh, you know, obviously this is not spoilers because this anything that's in trailers to me doesn't count as spoilers. Yes, uh, but yeah. you know, obviously they they find the Ecto one right in in their farm or in their like barn house and so they're driving it around and there's a part where she's going into it and there's a line where i thought she was going to say like i'm not a this i'm a that and i thought that she was going to say i'm not this i'm a ghostbuster that's what i thought she was going to say but instead she says no i'm a scientist and like i was just like at that one moment thinking to myself that's awesome, right? They could have gone for a very cheap line there that yeah. could have had further implications, but instead it was a, no, I'm a scientist and my family comes from scientists. And I, I think that this is something that is incredibly, uh, it's incredibly endearing, you know? And I, I, I thought it was great. I really did. They, they really weren't trying to push any real agendas. There were really only a couple of somewhat political comments made um one of them was dealing with fracking like there are a couple of yeah a couple comments about fracking right because there's are these earthquakes that are happening in in this area and so there's comments made about fracking but it's kind of like offhand stuff you know Mm -hmm. it's it's not really anything other than that and then there's another one where uh, essentially they're talking about one of the characters and i I don't want to say too much because i think it does bring more more spoiler talk in but basically the line is saying oh that that's pretty woke for that time in history is is the line given and i'm like okay (laughs) it's a throwaway line yeah and it doesn't really hurt anybody so yeah this movie i mean it's pretty much a sheer entertainment kind of like again a throwback to when we just kind of got entertainment (laughs) yes (laughs) exactly it's just meant to be entertaining yeah do you know what's funny too when you're speaking about podcasts? Yeah. Like, so, so all these characters are nerds in different ways. Uh, as far as Paul Rudd is a big nerd in his own mm-hmm. way. And then the two kids are nerds. 
and he kind of he calls out both kids for being nerds, even though he's a massive nerd. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Yeah, and I think that that again kind of leads into why a lot of people like this film is it's not just these one-liners that exist from McKenna Grace's character or the character podcast, but also there's these great situational comedy that that is in it, right? Because as you said, right? Oh, you're a bunch of nerds. And then what happens? She starts to ask questions and he's like, Oh, Oh, you know what this is, you know? Oh, you know? And then all of a sudden he starts to get nerdy, right? He starts to go off on his thing and you're just like, okay, this is kind of helping to flesh again. It's it's a great situational moment, right? Because he's going yeah. from the oh, this is just summer school. Why do you even care? To the oh, this is my job, and I actually really care about it. It's great. <laughs> it's and, fantastic. Then, and then another thing that did okay because this is not a spoiler. Did it crack? Because I won't say. Did it crack you up when he played that movie? Like I was cracking up <laughs> over that movie. <laughs> Actually, which one? Because there's there's two at oh, least. Oh, both films. of them got me. Both. Yes. Both. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was. Oh, yes, yes, yes. And and especially the moments that they were showing in those movies too. <laughs> and that's again that also goes back to the comment we made earlier about it not being a kids movie. Because in neither of those movies are you no. like, oh yeah, that, that's something that kids are gonna watch. And again, situational comedy, right? You're having this this uh, summer school, right? Because it really isn't a spoiler, right? They're having this summer school, and it's this kind of like the situation itself is a joke, right? Oh, oh, guess what? They're in um, they're in summer school, and so therefore, what is their summer school in a public like summer school at a public school? Oh, they're just gonna watch movies and do nothing. Right, they're just gonna sit there and do nothing. And so, what are the movies they get to watch? Oh, get the, they get to watch about a movie about a dog that gets rabies and starts to to to, to, bite, to bite people. It's just like what? And I won't mention the other one because that because if anyone thinks that that is being somewhat spoilery, I, again, I don't think that it is. Um, yeah. The other one I think will also make you happy. Yeah. But oh, <laughs> it's so great, it really is. Um, but before going into some of the other stuff, JS, thank you for the $5. That's a super chat. Says, watched Ghostbusters last night. It was a fun movie, and I loved how they honored the original cast. I I have yeah. to agree. And there are some people who don't. There are some people who have, and I've seen this in my comments a lot, saying, you know, oh, I, I, you know, I, I, I wanted more time. Like, I wanted more of that. I had and, that in my comments. Yeah. And, and I'm like, I get it. I, I understand what you want. But think about it. Like, think about if you were somehow able to get, right, all of those actors in a 92, uh, you know, 100-minute movie, it's not going to be good. No. Even if it's well-written, it's not going to be good because then then you'll be the ones complaining, saying, oh, why were they in the whole movie? They're just so old. They can't do yep. this anymore. <laughs> this is so unrealistic. And it's like, Exactly. Which is why it, it plays out the way that it does with it being a lot more limited in in their way. And some people, I think, are wrongly assuming that it's this passing of the torch type of thing. But once we get to talk about spoilers, which we'll get into soon, uh, since we are, you know, about 30 minutes out of, of, of the end of the podcast. So uh, we won't dive into spoilers yet. We'll make sure to make that clear. We'll kind of spend like the very end talking about that because we're going to talk about a couple more things before that time. But I think that when we start to talk about that, I think it does reveal, again, the purpose of what this movie was, what it was trying to do, and why there are some people who are even are fans of the film, I think are kind of taking the ending in a way 
to assume other things happening that I don't think if you really pay attention, the film's trying to do like, I don't think the film's trying to set up for other things. I mean, it definitely doesn't have to, to me, this feels like a very good close. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And to do that while at the same time, introducing new people, I think is a very uh, powerful thing. And obviously that could, that could be tainted if they decide to do any type of spinoff stuff, but I don't think that they will. That's just my own thought. Yeah. Yeah. I I think, yeah, I think they, to me again, I I clearly enjoyed this movie. I think they did a great job of, it's exactly like you, what's funny is people saying we need more time. Well, it'd almost be kind of like Indiana Jones five, where we Mm -hmm. all know that Harrison Ford is too old for the situation, but yet they're going for it. And you don't even (laughs) talk about five. Let's talk about crystal skull. Yeah. Let's talk about the movie that should never have even happened. One of the biggest issues with it was the fact that even then he was old, you know? Especially now. Especially now. I mean, it's even more so now. And even then it was like, come on. Like, seriously? Yeah. And it's like, d- d- would people have really have wanted that in this? I, I don't think so. I, right? Yeah, I think what we got was good, really. Yeah. It was as good as it, it was as good as it could have been. And as good, as I said earlier, as it needed to be. And I think that that's, that's the second part that people are, are not quite getting of, but why did they have to do this? Like, why did they have to focus on McKenna Grace and Finn Wolfhard, etc.? Because they want people to come see the movie in 2021. Yes. <laughs> and, and the issue is, is that you're not going to be able to do that if, if you do the things that you want, right? Like this film gives so much fan service. In so many ways that it, it's like if you if you can't even appreciate the fan service given in addition to the very practical decisions that they make, it's hard to really be able to take that that opinion seriously because it's like, yeah, I, I want to see where you're coming from. I, I want to understand. But it seems like if you had had full autonomy and control of this project, I don't think one, this movie would have been made. Because of mm-hmm. certain personalities of, of some of the original characters just not being on board with it. And then I think that it also just, it would have ended up being like an Indiana Jones 4 and 5 situation. Yeah, I agree. Definitely. <sighs> well, and I want to say too, did you like, because, you know, I, I used the word magic quite a bit as far as what it, it created for me. Mm-hmm. But did you like, I really love the score. Like the score caught my mm-hmm. ears multiple times. And, and again, it has kind of that, that intriguing magical sense to it uh, that you used to get kind of in the eighties. Yes. So I, I, it's one of those things though, where I don't know if it's any of the original stuff, because for me, the, 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 the score, the part of the score that got me were all the callbacks. Yes. Any and all of the callbacks that they had in the movie, which make reference back to the original and and come in at key moments, right? Come in at moments that just make sense, that work, that almost add again to that comedy level, right? So as I said, with so many things, whether it's cinematography, whether it's music, right, can kind of have a character in and of, them, in and of themselves. I think that there's moments where, again, you get those lines from the original score in and you're just like, oh, yeah. This is a perfect moment for that, right? This is yes. a perfect moment for that riff, you know? Yeah, because it, it was kind of that or, the, that original score, like when she's walking through the basement. And and even scenes like that, and I said this in our review, 
again, kind of call back to the eighties. They allowed scene. This movie is two hours long and that's all yeah. it needs to be. But with, because it's two hours with what they have to work with, there's like, say the scene, her walking through the basement. I don't feel like I'm giving much away in that. No. Um, they allow the camera. It, it's like the eighties. It allows it to breathe. Like it allows her to walk down the hall, like, and, and mm -hmm. to have the music playing that brings some awe to the moment. Like, uh, they, they just did a great job again, because today it's like, again, whether it's J.J. Abrams' Star Wars or Marvel movies, they go at a breakneck, like a breakneck pace and yeah. it just nonstop, like until it's over. <laughs> yeah. And it's like this was refreshing to like it took its time, not in a slow way. The movie's not slow at all, but it took its time telling its story. And I really appreciated its pace. Yeah. I, no, I agree. And it's funny because this movie has sparked a lot of people like putting out there of bring back the, the two hour movies, like bring back this, bring back that. And it's interesting to me because I'm like, oh, no, they, they, they still exist. They're just not as, as common. And at the same time, it's like we can also bring back the 90 minute movies. You know, we can we already have 90 minute movies that still come out. I, I had mentioned this last night, um, you know, Venom 2. It's, yeah. it's it's not the best film in the world, but it's 90 minutes, and that's a part of why. <laughs> yeah, definitely not one of the best films in the world. But hey, it, it, it for me at least, I, it was and this was, again, a purely subjective experience. I, I was able to sit back and just mindlessly enjoy it. Still yes. recognizing the whole time, I'm like, man, this is bad, but you know what? I'm having fun. <laughs> Everyone around me is yeah. having fun. Okay, I'm, I'll give in for this one. Um, While it's still acknowledging that it's not a good film. But the reason why it's making money it's a 90 minute film. It, it was able to entertain a lot of people. And I think that this is the film that's going to do the same thing, right? I think that this film's also entertaining a lot of people, right? Entertaining various audiences. It is definitely skewing more towards families. Like that's kind of what we've been seeing right now. Matinee shows have been doing a lot better, which indicates more family love there. But I think that it is very much a, a sign that this is a film that is going to do well because it, isn't as you said it isn't that two and a half hour huge marathon marvel type movie um and instead it's a completely digestible little over two hours and not a lot of it feels wasted like yes. there's a couple of things that you could have maybe have cut out or a couple of things that maybe you could have fleshed out a bit more story-wise to make things better but when you add things on you realize okay but if you did that it'd be a little bit more bloated or yeah. if you if you cut these things out, uh, then it'd be a little bit more hollow. So it's definitely not a perfect film, but there is a balance for what they have, right? There is a balance yes. for um, what they're able to to get out and what they're able to to put out there. So definitely, yeah. Um, so we'll go through these last couple of super chats that came in and then we'll dive into spoilers. All right, so spoilers are coming up, but uh, I think that Stephanie B had a great suggestions saying don't leave when we talk spoilers just just hit the mute button right just hit the mute button and then you can you know still hang out and uh still be a part of, of things obviously if you don't want to be in the chat because people in the chat might start spoiling things still um you know hey you're more than welcome to to do whatever it is you want to do but i would say uh hang around still drop a like button at least before you go uh but Dimaj and I, what's going on brother thank Dimanji. you very much What's going on? Wait, you call him Jumanji? Yeah, we say welcome to Jumanji. Welcome to Jumanji. 
Uh, he's nice. finally just embraced it because he realizes we're gonna call that. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, Dimagini, thank you for the two dollars. Says so, so, super chat. Says yo, bro. Hello to the lovely Michelle. Hello, Dimanji. Uh, <laughs> and then we also have five Canadian dollars from Mr. Buttcrack Media. Uh, thank you, Mr. Buttcrack. He says, hail OMB and hello to the lovely Michelle with the two L's. Yes. Hello, Mr. Buttcrack. The loveliest <laughs> Buttcrack on YouTube, we say. <laughs> oh, man. And of course, because he must have heard that we were about to go into some spoiler discussion. Uh, and he, of course, he... he He's the man that gets around on YouTube, is what I like to say. Uh, Mr. Drunk3PO is here. And he hey, says, Jay. Hey, Michelle. I see that you don't say hi to me. Well, he does hey. this to Natalie every single time. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, at least he's being consistent. But uh, Drunk, thanks for stopping by, man. And thank you for that super chat. I appreciate it. All right. So we are going to now dive into some spoilers. So I'm going to go ahead and put this little little thing up on the screen. Um, boom. Right. So we are in spoiler discussion mode. So if you don't want to hear any spoilers, uh, it might be a good time either to mute or, or to, to leave. Or if you don't care about spoilers, hey, hang around. All right. Let's talk about some of these spoilers. So one of the things that we've been kind of alluding to throughout the entire discussion is the ending. And the ending causing us to have some emotions, right? Some emotional uh, responses. And a lot of people have been saying tears or brink of tears or kind of, you know, moist in the eyes is, is kind of like where both of us have, have uh, kind of fallen in, in that reaction. Got a, little, got a little watery. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, and let's talk about why that, that is the case. Um, and the first thing I will say is this. If you're going to bring an actor back from the dead. I don't mm-hmm. think there's a more tasteful way than no. what they did with Harold Ramis in this movie. And it works so fittingly in Ghostbusters. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. You know, it's it's the it was the perfect film for it. They also were incredibly respectful, right? Cuz there's that scene at the beginning where you know who it is, right? In the very yeah. beginning, right? There's that scene. They never show you his face. They show you profile so you know it's Egon in the very beginning. But they never show you anything. And so they they save that moment for the end when they finally reveal. And the way they do it, that's what got me. It wasn't just because oh, I think some yeah. people, I think some people, right, started to tear up maybe when they saw all four together again. You know, they gave that us that. where I teared up. <laughs> that wasn't where, because yeah, I, so you teared up the same movie, but I teared up. Yep. So yeah, so the first time you see him, it's McKenna Grace is fighting off against the big bad of the movie, uh, who is, uh, um, oh my goodness, why am I blanking out on, on the god's is it name? Gozer or Gozer? That's it. Yeah, Gozer. Gozer yeah. Right. So, are you a god? Right. So, Gozer comes back. Right. And I love that tying it in. Right. It again yeah. ties the films all together. As not only was Gozer the big bad of of the you know of the first movie, but it's you know just the entirety right of this universe. Gozer is the big bad. Um, and so not only do you have that, but then you have this moment where McKenna Grace, you know, she's got the proton pack. She's fighting off against Gozer and and she's starting to lose. And then all of a sudden you see ghost hands come up to support her and it fades back and it's Harold Ramis CGI'd 
but done so well. Yes. And just even thinking about it, I'm getting goosebumps again. Like I'm getting emotional. I was, just too. <laughs> I was just like, because it, it's that moment. It's like, it's like, I'm here. I'm here for you. It was. It was a powerful. <sighs> that's where Natalie was even crying. I mean, yeah. like, it, it just, it was a powerful moment. It was yeah. perfect. Like, and, they couldn't and it, have done that more yes. perfect. Yes. And, and I know that I was one of the persons, I was very concerned when the synopsis came out, right? Because the synopsis talked about how, uh, it's, you know, a single mother and her two kids, right? So, oh, great. Another story about a bad dad. But what we find out is that he wasn't a bad dad. In fact, he gave up everything. And and I love it was McKenna Grace who who was given this line. He gave up even his family. Yeah. To try and save everybody, right? He, he literally gave up the most precious thing to him, which is his family, because he knew he had to because... None of his friends believed him. He knew his family wouldn't believe, like his family didn't believe him, thought he was crazy. So he knew he had to go. He had to leave. And so it's that moment when he's supporting his granddaughter. And I was just like, that's the moment where you're like, boom, there it is. He he loves her. Like that's like like almost like that character redemption in a way. It was. Where it's like, no, he wasn't a bad dad. In fact, he was he was great. And then it's obviously accentuated at the very end when he before he fades uh gets to hug his daughter and they have that reconciliation before this whole scene it was even sweet as he kind of guides his daughter down there and shows him the board like he's kept up with her entire life and she's beginning to see like he really did care Mm -hmm. so that that was sweet too because yes they definitely do not go like (laughs) they don't go the luke skywalker route (laughs) of like he's just like he's just really sucks yeah. <laughs> of a person yeah he's, he's like you know you get to the proton pack and he's just like you know throwing it over his shoulder like you know you know she's about to like bring it you know put it back together instead of helping her he's like ripping it apart you know as some you know as you know stingy old ghost right now he's he cares right and you could tell towards the end right when he's holding his yeah. his device right to, to tell when the ghosts are you know he's got a plan you know, he's, yes. he's, he's got something planned and you don't know how he knows. Obviously he was a genius. Mm-hmm. And so he understood a lot about the, uh, the ghost world, right? He knew a lot about the afterlife. And I think that he understood, right. That when he died, that his presence would, would somehow remain. So he was ready to help. And, um, yeah, that way, yeah, that moment again, just, uh, just think again, the, the, the hands just coming in, helping support the fade out. And then all of a sudden you see, and it's again, it's not just Egon. It's it, you see Harold Ramis, you see an aged Harold yeah. Ramis. And again, if you're going to bring someone back from the dead respectfully, that's the way to do it because they don't try and add a voice at no mm-hmm. point does the ghost speak. You know, it, it's just the, it's just the image. They don't overdo it. You only see the that you only see that character that way for a certain period of time, and in a lot of ways, it's 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 a it's a love letter to Egon. It's a love letter to Hale Ramis. It's a love letter to um, it's a love letter to to Ghostbusters, really. Yes. Well, and um, before you even because because this scene is awesome and powerful in, in multiple fronts. Yeah. Because we even talked about on our channel. The Force Awakens. I said that if I could write that script, when Rey is beat by Kylo, you could even give Rey her moment, but after she's kind of beat by Kylo, let Luke appear. Like the crowd would have gone wild, wild. And anyways, 
uh, you get that here because the kids, they need help. Like you can feel it in the audience. And, and I, I like nudged my niece and I was like, the Ghostbusters are going to show up because it was like right at the nick of time. Like, yep. boom, there's yep. there they are standing there ready to help. So you get that where you just want to like clap and applaud mm -hmm. as a, watching the movie. And then you get the scene of seeing him helping his granddaughter, which brings tears to your eyes as you yes. watch that scene. Yes. So it goes from like, heck yes, to, to crying all <laughs> yeah. like, within a, like a, a minute. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah. And, and again, it, it gives and it's in that way where the storytelling, I think, really is at the strongest. You know, the weakest storytelling is by far like that, you know, the middle of the film where they're they're kind of diving into like the the person who like founded it, you know, and you, you yeah. find the founder in the grave. By the way, great that J.K. Simmons uh, played that part as short of a of a role yeah. that it was, you know, where, where Gozer's, you know, he goes up and he's just like, he's like, I built this temple for you so that we can rule the world. So, and then just Gozer just rips him in half. It's like, oh, that's great. That's just, you know, fantastic. Um, uh, by the way, hail to Tina. So she must've come out of the film. Uh, and so uh, I hope, I hope that you liked it, Tina. Um, but yeah, I, I just, as you said, you have that emotional moment, right? With the granddaughter, you then have that moment where again, uh, after the fact where it's it's fading back and you see the three OGs, right? By the way, it has to be said um, that, um, oh my goodness, Ernie Hudson. Yeah. Looks fantastic. <laughs> yeah, he does. <laughs> like, because they're going down the line, right? And it's just like, you're like, okay, Dan Aykroyd, Bill Murray. Okay, okay. They look their age. They get to Ernie Hudson. You're like, has it only been like 10 years for you? <laughs> <laughs> because that's what it seems like. It seems like it's only been ten years since the since the first or second film. Uh, oh yes, yeah. He great. And they give him a great comedic moment because yes. again, so it goes from yes to tears to then once uh, once Egon is with them mm -hmm. and and er, like he begins looking over at him yes. and they they played it so comedically. Like I was <laughs> cracking up at the way he just kind of looked like okay, like this is happening. <laughs> It is it great. absolutely, and yeah, and and then it's funny because like and then they again they don't give the they don't give the ghost any any words right they don't overdo it and instead it's just like they give they give him facial uh, facial reactions and they're perfect like every single yeah. one of them is is for the right reason like because it conveys that that love of granddaughter in that scene it conveys that like you know like hmm, yeah <laughs> I'm still here <laughs> like I'm still around. Um, and it kind of ties back to to also a part earlier, which I thought at first I was like, "Ooh, that's 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 a bit harsh," because Dan Aykroyd is the character that says it, which yes, I, I think it would have been much more, I think, of a real life scenario because of the tension that Bill Murray had with mm -hmm. Harold Ramis in real life. But at one point, uh, the the character played by Dan Aykroyd uh, says, "You know, like like oh, he can burn in hell," and I was just yeah. like, I was like, "Oh man, that's like that's like really intense." True. So. <laughs> yeah. And so, yeah, seriously, I'm like, what the hell? Who wrote that line? Um, <laughs> but that kind of you bring it in and you're like, oh, yeah, this is just everything else is oh, fantastic. And and speaking of the Dan Aykroyd moment. So we mentioned earlier uh, of a great comedic scene in the writing because, you know, we have that new character of podcast and he's like, oh, yeah, it really picks up at, at, you know episode 42. And then all of a sudden Dan Aykroyd's there and he's talking with a podcast and, you know, basically it's revealed that podcast one listener, because he has one listener, 
is Dan Aykroyd. And, you know, because Dan Aykroyd says, yeah, because it really picks up at episode number 46. <laughs> I, yeah, uh. I, I cracked up yet again. It was just it was comedic. It was just that there was such great comedy in this movie. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Again, whether it was the situational comedy, whether it was the actual, uh, you know, the actual written comedic jokes, the dry humor of, of the McKenna Grace dad jokes, which again, ah, uh, so. Oh, and the, the possession was funny in this movie mm. for both for both characters, the mom and Paul Rudd. Yes, like yes. When the, when the mom like rips off her clothes and this the sparkling dress, the dress is on, like I cracked up. <laughs> oh yeah and again you know some people might 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 think like oh uh you know oh, they're bringing the whole key master and thing like that back right and again the story is the weakest part right because it is definitely very derivative right yeah. it borrows obviously it borrows a lot from from the original <laughs> with characters like gozer coming back but it does so for for a purpose and and i think that purpose is to bring a close to the story and the other thing that's great is so the daughter you know the last time that we see the Egon ghost, uh, Egon is hugging his daughter. So they, they reconcile. And I love also, it didn't happen right away either. Like the daughter's like walking up slowly and you're like, almost like a, I don't know what's going to happen. Right. Yeah. Is he going to like, I could, cause like, Oh, I could see them writing in like a slap and then a hug or something, but instead yeah. it's just a like slow, slow, slow. And then hug. And then as, and then you can see like, like he's crying, she's crying. And then all of a sudden, you can tell, okay, his his life's work or his last mission, right? His uh, final thing to do has been done, so that he just starts to fade away, and like that's how it ends for her. Like you know, it just ends hugging her dad, and it's just ah, again, it's not about a bad dad in this situation. It's about a dad actually getting redemption by yeah. us understanding more so that he wasn't a bad dad. In fact, he was a great dad that saved the world. Well, and there's an emotional scene with uh, Phoebe when like she kind of cries with her mom about her grandfather and and yes. i think and that's what makes him like helping her so sweet mm -hmm. is because like he like she is him in in a way like he yeah. was that nerdy kid that that was really smart that didn't fit in and it's like so she finds someone in her grandfather who like understands her mm -hmm. because she would have been like kind of very under like miss not misunderstood just not understood kind of in a way by her mother because of her intelligence level mm -hmm. yeah no absolutely and it's again uh it's something that I, I just don't think uh i don't think enough people are really appreciating like just how deep that level goes Right. Because yeah. they're, they're just they're so distracted by oh, I only got them for like five minutes at the end. It's like that's what it needed to be. Yeah. Like that. That's that. And also I'm uh, and also if we're going to be honest, that's probably all that Bill Murray was willing to do. Yeah. So so it's like be <laughs> thankful that be thankful that you even got you again. <laughs> you go back. Exactly. You show like you go back to Star Wars. Guess what? We, we don't ever have that moment. And we're never mm -hmm. going to get that moment. Mm -hmm. And and even if you know and I wouldn't it would not it would not surprise me if Disney. Right. And, and all of its ridiculousness decided to like, you know, do some convoluted, like similar moments, right. To borrow it basically to say, oh, I guess that's how it's done. Oh, I guess let's, let's do that. Let's give the people what they want. Right. And like, let, let's put the main four, uh, you know, or, or the, you know, the big three back on screen together. Right. But it's, you know, it would be so hollow. This is not hollow. It's, it's mm -hmm. done with so much heart. It's done with so much emotion. It, it's done in such a taste. And again, it's done in a tasteful way. You know, yes. you go to Rogue One, 
where they bring, you know, uh, Tarkin back. Yeah. And it's like, no, no, no. You're, you're just, you're just using your CGI technology to bring an actor back from the dead for really a movie that does not need to exist. Yeah. And, <laughs> and, and a character that you don't necessarily need to have in that story. No. Right. No, you you, you just kind of needed Krennic. Yeah, exactly. You, you could have written the story in a way where you did not need to have that character. But yeah. they did it. They brought the character back from the dead. And, it was, and to me, it was like, okay, let's just, you know, this one, it doesn't do that. It's, no, no, we're doing this film because we were not able, right? Unfortunately, Harold Ramis and, and Bill Murray were not able to get their differences across while Harold Ramis was alive. You know, thank goodness, you know, as the story goes, you know, when Harold Ramis was, was getting towards the end of his life, Bill Murray finally came and they finally apparently reconciled. Um, so, so, you know, thank God that that was able to happen. But, it was again. This was done in a way where it, it, it again was done as a tasteful homage to Harold Ramis, an homage to the original Ghostbusters, and it was done tastefully. I, yeah. At no point did I think to myself, "Oh, this is this is no, nah, I don't like them doing this." It was a oh, I'm so glad they did this because mm-hmm. this is, I think, the only way that you can really say goodbye to this character properly. Yes, know. definitely. It was very, I mean, again, it was, the, it's what made everyone cry. I mean, it was just yes. very tastefully done. Yes. And, and need, like it fit the story. The story mm-hmm. needed that. Yep. And if it didn't fit the story, I think it would, it could have been viewed as untasteful, but because it is Ghostbusters, they do deal with the afterlife. It, yes. it, again, it, 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 it knew exactly the kind of film that it was, the kind of film that it could be. And it, and it just drove with that. And, and it's very clearly that uh, the Reitmans, you know, that they had a good grasp of, of, of what and how to do that. And then also once uh, Harold Ramis, you know, fades away, you know, what do you have? You have this, this great moment where it fades into the sky. And then all of a sudden, what do you have on the screen for Harold? And it's just like, yes, exactly. That's what this all was for was we want to complete the story. We want to complete, we want to do the third film that, Harold Ramis wanted to do for so long and never got to this is the way in which we 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 do it for him and we get it done. Um and I guess that just brings to like the last bit of spoilers which would be someone was mentioning it in the chat, right? So uh Ernie Hudson, right? He gets Ecto-1, right? He gets yes. Ecto-1 back. And that to me was a sign of a couple of things. And then also there's a couple of uh, post-credit scenes. So Sigourney Weaver also <laughs> does come back. Uh, and I, some people were also like, why was she only in at the, and again, probably because of her schedule, because I think she, is she an avatar two through five again? I think or something? she is. So yeah, so she's, she's busy. She's filming stuff. So that's probably all the time that they had for her. And again, Probably more so to do with Bill Murray than with her, to be honest. Yeah. You know, probably it's like, oh, Bill Murray can only do so many scenes. But there's a great scene between Bill Murray and him, uh, Bill Murray and her. And it's great. Yeah. It's funny. Uh, it's done very tastefully. And then there's this last scene where it's kind of like this this epilogue to the movie itself, um, where you mm-hmm. have the the character of an, uh, was it Annie Potts, um, you know, talking with Ernie Hudson. And it's him, you know, explaining like his empire and, you know, he's the one that is supporting Dan Aykroyd uh, and his work. Right. So Dan, Dan Aykroyd, I, like either he does know or doesn't know that the person paying for his his rent is him. And so and then also, go, again, goes into giving respect to the character of Egon. right? And then they have that great clip, too, between uh, Harold Ramis and, and Annie Potts. Like, 
like where they show it from like was it that was the second movie was that a second movie or the first movie where they were showing that scene where they were talking and the coin was given i can't remember yeah and because it, it could it also could have just been an extra scene that never made it into the final product either yeah, I because I rem- I know what you're talking about, and yeah. I didn't like it didn't necessarily click in my mind of what that was like, where that was from. Yeah, because like at first I was like I don't quite understand, and then just the jump forward and her have the coin. What I was hoping for there though, because this is something that I got wrong. So Odin was wrong, everybody. I thought that uh, Phoebe. I thought that the the character played by McKenna Grace. I thought that she was the granddaughter of Egon and Annie Potts. Because when you look at her, she Ah. looks like the perfect combination of those two characters. Yeah. But they don't ever establish that. And so it doesn't, so that never happened. And I was, I was hoping that when they were showing that scene of them talking, I was like, Oh wait, she's going to secretly have been the granddaughter of, of this girl too. But then obviously that would mean that her mom would not have to have known her mom. So that obviously would, would, would have caused a wrinkle, but you know, Hey, you can't, you can't always get what you want. Right. Um, (laughs) you know, uh, so I, I think that this, this sequence though, again, leads to the Ecto one being pulled back into the old station, which, uh, he's been able to buy and remember, he at one point says uh, during that last sequence when they're all all the Ghostbusters are together, saying like, "What what's happened to you, girl? Like, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna fix you back up, right? I'm gonna you know bring you back yeah. home, basically." And he does. He brings her back home, parks her, and then that's and and before the end, it goes to that system, right? That held all the ghosts in it that we've seen before, and the alarm starts going off, right? And so we're like, yeah. oh, like everyone in the theater is like, oh man. They're setting up for a sequel, aren't they? They're setting up for the story to continue. But then what happens? Nothing. Mm-hmm. And then what pops up on the screen? It's the new version of the ghost. That's the marshmallow version. And it makes like a little funny sound to me. Cause I saw, I think it was a uh, Tom was saying it saying they left it open-ended to me that left it not like to me and everything else that happened leading up to that point. It said, no, we're, we're, we're closing this. This story is closed. Yeah. And that, oh, you think we're going to do more? No, no, no. We're going to end this with a joke instead, right? As a, a gotcha. Oh, you thought we were going to be like those other studios that's just going to keep on doing No, we're not going to. So I took that as them saying we're not going to bring these new characters back. What, how yeah. did you take that ending? Well, you know, I hadn't really thought about it because until my niece was like, do you think they'll do a second one? And it's like... I mean, they. I think they can if they want to. So I yeah. think Tom is right on that. It can be open-ended as far as the way you want to interpret it, that they, they could very mm-hmm. easily. But I think what you're saying is, is totally right, too, is like, we don't need it. Like, yeah. you, you're not going to be able to create the same magic you did at the end of this movie in another movie. So yeah. just, just let it be. Like Yes. Like, it would be it, like a Toy Story 4. Yes. <laughs> yes. Like, like. Just let this, this is it. Like you did, you have a trilogy now and Mm -hmm. that's all that's needed. Yep. Ghostbusters 2016 does not exist, (laughs) right? That is just out, does not exist at all. Uh, Not like it existed in the minds of any, you know, hardcore fans anyway. But uh, this film, again, as you said, has this perfect end point. You don't need it, right? It's not needed. And it is a fair point to say that, okay, 
but studios will be studios, right? Studios, if this film especially uh, sees that this mo- movie is a big money maker, will say, oh, well, this one's making money. We can't just not do another one. <laughs> but I feel like if they did, I feel like they would they would make it a separate, like, they would do an actual, like, spin-off like in a proper yeah. sense where i think they'd bring in new people so it exists in the same universe but it's not a part of that storyline if you if you get what i mean so yeah. it's not in a it's not in a new universe but it, it's not directly tied because like you you're, for instance you would not get the ecto one again like you would not yeah. get ernie hudson again if they were if they were gonna do it that's the only way that, because if they're if they do decide to make another one to add a fourth one on which again, I think would be a terrible idea if they did. I hope they don't. Then all they're, as you said, right? All they're doing is doing a Toy Story 4, where it's like you take a perfect ending to the story and then decide just to carry it forward for money. And I don't like that. No, I, I hope they let it lie. <laughs> yes. Leave it where it lies, as uh, Shooter McGavin says. You have to hit the ball where it lies. Just leave it where it lies. Exactly. Uh, we did have one uh, super chat before we wrap things up. Uh, come in to say uh, any opinion on Slimer not being a part of the movie? Um, yeah, what did you think of that? I, I was okay with it. Yeah, I mean, it did affect my enjoyment. <laughs> because yeah, sure, Slimer is iconic, right? Slimer's like iconic to the uh, to the overall story, uh, as far as you know, just as a well-known entity within. Uh, the lore, right? But it, it, I've never viewed I've never viewed that character as being one that I really need to see. You know, I, I just yeah. uh, not have. And they do replace it with another character that I think is also fine because it's a new ghost, right? They actually adapt and create a new type of ghost that I think also is, is menacing, and it works very well as being the the first ghost that they catch as well. Um, which is also great because it, it shows that this younger character, right? The character by McKenna Grace is also not perfect. She's very smart, but she yes. ain't perfect. That's why it takes them so long and takes them literally like destroying the town. Uh, <laughs> which that whole thing too, at the end where you're like, you know, okay, uh, they're going to jail and uh, everything to that extent. It was great. Uh, but any other spoilers though, that maybe we haven't talked about that you wanted to mention before I took the spoilers thing down. No, I think I think that's pretty much it. I will say okay. this isn't really a spoiler because the other two kids are so good. I think when or uh, Finn Wolfhart does a good job, he just yeah. gets, you know, he's not the lead. The, yes. the other two get so much more time. Yes. But he Absolutely. is like a like a like a uh you know, a good guy. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You know, and I think that that might be something too where people will say oh, I wish Finn Wolfhard had more of a character. He seems kind of like they put him in there just to try and get the Stranger Things audiences. And here, here's where my take on that would be. Well, yeah, that's yeah. why they cast him. <laughs> like Exactly. Whether like, his character is big or not, his, character. his casting alone is the reason why. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, and yeah, uh, Rogue Disney, you bring up a good point, right, of uh, uh, the character... Uh, yeah, the one the one real flaw, I guess, to the to the character played by McKenna Grace, uh, of Phoebe, is that she's got a bit of a temper, and yes, she, and does. she does threaten a police officer. <laughs> <laughs> I almost forgot that part, but I was like, oh, you're right, she does. <laughs> 
I like that though. Give her a little personality. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. And again, also show that that she can be a little flawed as well. Yes. Yeah. Um, anyway, so yeah, so that is going to be it for any spoiler talk. So if you're in the chat, if you could uh, hold off on any other spoiler discussions, that would be fantastic. Um, that'd be great. Uh, Laura, I, I know that you had to go, but I totally agree. I really wish those characters had gotten together. Like, again, that was what my own thought was. I was looking at, I was looking at who they cast. and I was like, oh, she's the perfect combination of these two. And uh, they didn't have at least the second part of that. Uh, combination added in there sadly enough but uh laura thank you for being here and also thank you for the happy thanksgiving and great week thank you very much for that laura i appreciate it uh you have a happy thanksgiving as well and i think i have another super chat to get to and then uh we'll go ahead and uh and wrap things up Uh, i want to make sure i read through it and make sure there's no spoilers in it just in case um i don't think I don't think it does. So I don't think this is a spoiler, anybody in the super chat that, but again, it would have popped up in y'all's chat too. So I guess you would have uh, known that anyway. So anyway, uh, Stargate 404. Thank you for the $10. Super chat says, sorry, I'm late, but I thought it was. Oh, I think he said, okay. I didn't like them emasculating the brother, except for liking cars. Phoebe was a stereotypical genius STEM girl. Spengler, deadbeat dad, and so is Phoebe. No, Stargate. Again, that we that kind of goes more into what we were just talking about in the spoiler section. But no, uh, I I don't think. Other than it's not that he was emasculated. I I think that it was just that his character was not the focus. Yeah, because he even takes kind of some masculine traits of like going to get a job because he knows yeah. his mother doesn't have money and things yeah. like that. He's definitely not like not masculine. He's just yeah. not a big part of this movie. He's literally working on cars. It's not that he likes yeah. cars. He's working on cars. Yeah, he fixes it. Yes. And other than like one little thing, which which does get fixed because of cer- certain uh, elements of the film that we've already addressed. Like, again, and then what does he do? He goes on a, he goes on a joyride. Like again, he he is very much like the, the he was the, <laughs> he was the very epitome of young teenage boy. So yeah. I, I don't really understand. Emasculation is not the word that I think you were looking for. Because and he lies about his age because he wants to impress this girl. Exactly. <laughs> and he, I guess he, he likes curls. So yeah. hey, there's that too. So I mean, yeah, I I just yeah I, I don't. I don't think that emasculate. I don't think that was the word you're looking for. If you're saying he was not a a lead or he was not a main character, that is true, absolutely. But again, that's you know that's just kind of how it is. And he does play a role in the film, though. He does he plays the supporting character that he needs to play. And as yeah. I said, not only in the story does he play the character he needs to play, but more importantly, he plays the character that the movie needed it to be, mm-hmm. specifically because of his name recognition. To yes. try and bring the people in. So that I think is also an important element to this that needs to be talked about. But as far as yeah, as far as the Phoebe being the stereotype, it's like, no, she was playing a character who was connected to another character and was the perfect yes. embodiment of being the grandchild of that character. I mean, again, like I, I'm not I'm not I'm not picking up what you're laying down there. I'm not picking up what you're laying down there. 
But uh, anyway, that is going to bring us to the end because we are a little over time today. Uh, though YetiCast, I saw just came into the chat. So shout out to YetiCast. I know that hey, y'all uh, hang out, do video. Y'all do like, what was it? Once a week, y'all do a well, team up? Well, we... We don't always do once a week, but we have started doing some videos to put on his channel where we just kind of make fun of like stupid stuff people do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was There's watching a of bit of that one the other day and I was just like, oh, yeah. Like I, I got to the, the first video of the guy spraying down the, oh, was it the Starbucks yeah. or whatever with the <laughs> hand sanitizer. Oh, it was, it was so bad. Oh, it was so cringe. So cringe. <laughs> and then he lifts the lid off and throws it at him. <laughs> oh, I didn't get to that. I didn't get to that part. Oh. He does all that for nothing. <laughs> oh, it's so stupid. Good Lord. Oh, that's that's terrible. <laughs> oh, man. I see some people also mentioning something that, again, could be construed as, as some spoilers because it's about something not in it. Uh, about a certain actor not being in it. So I don't know or not. So I guess if you're not wanting to know if a certain actor or actress is or isn't in the movie, I guess close your ears for a second, right? So slight spoiler here, I guess. Uh, but I am also, I am sad that Rick Moranis was not brought in. Uh, but again, he has retired from acting for a very good reason, for a very good purpose. And basically, except for that one commercial that he's done, with uh uh with mint mobile where he's on screen for like five seconds yeah he's stuck he's stuck to that other than like some of the voice acting roles he's done um so i i give him kudos for that but anyway michelle thank you very much for being my guest tonight and for talking about this movie with me because yeah i, I just i came out of the film and i was like i just want to talk about this so like yeah, I, I did a quick yeah. I did a quick review, woke up the next day, and I was just excited. I'm like, can't wait to do this review. Can't wait to do this review. And one of the things I mentioned was that, I don't, I don't know if you had this experience in your theater or not. Did you have people staying out after the movie, like either in the theater, outside the theater, or in the parking lot talking about the movie? We went to like such an early screening that mm. I didn't notice that. Cause we just, we let, we all, everyone waited until both end credits rolled. And then, yeah. and, but yeah, so I, I'm, I wasn't a good setting to judge that. Okay. Yeah. Cause seeing it opening night, it just uh, so much talk about nostalgia. Just for me, it was a Thursday night premiere. And even though the numbers were not nearly as much, um, as, as what we've seen in the past, I saw there were people literally hanging right outside of the IMAX screen, just talking about the movie people in the parking lot something that I used to do all the time when I went to go see films when I was younger. Like I would just hang out with my friends talking about the movie nonstop in the parking lot. So seeing that again was like, that's the kind of magic that this movie has is that it's not the best film in the world. It's not going to blow you away because it's, it's the most original story that's ever been told, but yes. it, it, it's, it's, as you said, it's, you've had that word. It's magic, right? It There's is. a magic to it that I think is going to capture the minds and hearts of a lot of people based on what I saw from Tina because uh, I think that uh, she said that even like she and her brother were tearing up at, at the same moment we were talking about. And I think that that is the emotions going to have. That's what's going to lead to people saying, go see this movie, which by the way, go see this movie. If you've not picked yeah, that up definitely. from our conversation, because if for anything else, so that this movie can beat 2016 Ghostbusters in its opening weekend. Well, I plan on at some point going to see it again. Yes. Like I, I want to see it again in theaters. Like I enjoyed it that much. 
I'm thinking of buying a ticket because I have AMC A list. So I'm thinking of like ordering a ticket, even though I know I won't be able to go. Um, just to try and give it my, like, just to be like, Hey, take, take, take the ticket that I, I, I technically have. Uh, the only, the only issue is that I'm pretty sure, um, it doesn't count if you don't pick up the ticket. So, um, that's like the one like possible wrinkle in it, but I'm even thinking of like doing something like that where it's like, no, no, no. I want, I want this film to do well enough just, just for it to be 2016's nonsense. Uh, but anyway, before we go, uh, Michelle, want to give uh, a plug to your channel? Anything else that you want to shout out or other people you want to shout out? Well, uh, thanks for having me. Uh, we did a short review right out of the theater, too. So I was it was nice to have a long a longer format discussion where I've mm-hmm. had time to like actually think and digest the movie some more. So yes. thank you very much for having me on. Yes. And again, you can check her out over at Force of Light Entertainment. Uh, where again, she and Natalie are always rocking it over there with movie reviews. Uh, they did a review of a newer film, Red Notice, which I have not seen yet. And I think I, I love the way that you described it as being it's a good Netflix movie. Yeah. Yeah. It's, and it's it, like, if I saw it in a theater, I wouldn't like it as much. No. But because it's a net, it's because it's on Netflix, even though it may have not have been made for Netflix, because it was on Netflix, it was it was entertaining enough. But, if you got two hours, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> you want to throw two hours away with mindless stuff? Hey, go go right ahead. You'll enjoy parts of it. Yes, uh, that's kind of what that is. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, as I said, you can indeed, uh, again, check her out, Force of Light Entertainment. So I see that uh, Stephanie B., one of my mods, is dropping that in. The Valkyrie dropping oh, those mods, uh, dropping those links in. In the description of the video, also, you can find a link to their channel as well. So make sure that you subscribe over to that channel. And uh, again, Michelle, thank you so much for, for joining today. I had a lot of fun with our discussion. I did too. Yeah, great movie and great discussion. Absolutely. So that is going to be a wrap for tonight's episode. So a little different than usual, right? Um, and this is something that I'm hoping to do more so of in the uh, in the future of, of being able to have these discussions and to bring people on and uh, to talk about movies and to talk again. It's fun to talk about movies again and to have a movie that is worth talking about again, yeah. <laughs> you know, and uh, of course, uh, Andrew Hoyle, who's who's one of my followers from the UK, just randomly comes in. Is it safe to unmute yet? It's like, well, I dropped the spoilers <laughs> button and, and you came in right, right, right at the very end. So uh, anyway, thank you all very much for being here tonight. Uh, shout out, of course, to Stephanie B, who's been here all night, rocking it as a mod, to Laura, who was modding a lot tonight as well, and to Tina, who came in right after her movie to come in as well. So thank you so very much. And also to every single person watching, especially the members on the channel, thank you very much. If I was not able to get to your comment or question, I do apologize. But again, I uh, wanted to make sure that the focus was on our conversation. Hopefully you enjoyed the conversation. And again, make sure you subscribe to Force of Light Entertainment. I have no idea if uh, if if Michelle and I are going to be able to talk once I click this video to play because it mutes the microphone for y'all. Uh, I'm assuming it's going to – I don't know what's going to happen. So we'll see. We might just have to talk in the in the text chat uh, that we have back okay. here. But uh, anyway, again, Michelle, thank you for joining me and uh, for everyone else. Thank you very much for being here. Smash the like button. Light up that fire button. Again, Aussie fam. Uh, the reason why I haven't been over there tonight is because it was not working earlier and then randomly started to work. Uh, so again, I apologize for not uh, taking any comments over there 
But anyway, thank you all, Mr. Dragonbone, uh, IRC Life, Vincent Womack. I'll just make sure to shout your names out at the very least for being over there. Thank you all for supporting over on Odyssey. Anyway, that's going to be it for me tonight. Thank you again, everybody, for being here. Have a wonderful rest of your evening. And as always, God bless. And now for a huge shout out to all of my November Patreon, Subscribestar, and Locals members. Starting first off with Patreon, Andrew Hoyle, Animation Commentator, Brandon, Brian P., Christopher Bowman, Dolores Ed, Dion, Father Christopher Miller, Hail to you, Father, Father Damian Cook, Garrett Searles, Harold Francis, Inflamed Wood, Jacob the Juice, JC, Jeffrey Toon, Joe Horn, Jonathan Carney, Gomer Kyle 79, Laura the Modern Major General Story, Mike Jackson, Mad Mitch Dunaway, Mondo Spieler, Mr. Peabody, On to June, Orange Hat Reviews, Out of Step with Reality, Priscilla Hall, Rosetta Allen, Stan Andrian, Teresa Martin, Theodore Benden, Tina Bojan, and Tina B, the Empress of the Universe. And a shout out to my Subscribestar members, UAB, Mad Dog, Storm Tracker, The R, Fast Reaction, Nosferatu Gatsu, Stan 4, John B, Perpetual Punster, Mr. Roy, Glinzer, J, Alex McCarthy Jr., Dean Heiss, Slash, the new number two, and J Rod, the Beer Guru, and of course, ZK Man. Thank you very much for supporting me over there. And to my three supporters over on Locals.com, Caratharp, Bifford a Hobbit, and Robert Barnes. You guys are all amazing and beautiful people. And if you want your name shout out at the end of every live stream and every video I do on the channel, check out that top link in the description below to find out how to sign up to the various levels that exist, including the most basic level where you get a shout out, the secondary level, the Army of Asgard, where you get that, plus access to a giveaways exclusive server where I give away things like 4Ks and Blu-rays and digital codes. All kinds of stuff, a lot of fun. You then also have the Keeper of the Bifrost level where you get all that stuff plus access to an exclusive podcast that I do with John the Flick Pick Flickinger. You get to ask us questions and you get also access to that and the entire library of podcast episodes that we have done. And then there is, of course, the Chosen of Valhalla level where not only do you get all of that, but also in your first month, you get a t-shirt of your choice and sent to you anywhere in the world. Of course, just let me know your size and the color option that you want. It'll be sent to you that first month. And also you get to be featured on the once a month chosen of Valhalla live stream where we have a ton of fun talking about movies and projects and all kinds of stuff pretty much anything that the chosen wants to talk about is on the table so if any of that sounds interesting to you check out that top link you're all amazing and beautiful people hope you all have a wonderful rest of your day and as always god bless